Hello and welcome to another episode of the BZ Listening Podcast. I am your host, Brian BZ Douglas, and today's episode is part two of a new segment on the show I like to call Personal Days, where I talk with friends and family about issues we're currently dealing with or have dealt with in the past. And the subject for this first personal day is transgender issues. Because my brother Carl has recently, in the last year, decided to transition into my sister Valoria, or Val for short. If you haven't heard part one yet, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode where I interview trans advocate and mother of two trans children, Sarah Kaplan. Uh, I shared that discussion with Val before we spoke to serve as a primer for our interview, so we, we referenced it a couple of times throughout this show, and you might be a little bit lost about what we're talking about if you haven't heard it. I gotta say, this is probably the most important episode of the show that I've produced thus far, at least for what it means to me, uh, because until now, none of my family have really been talking about this. My brother, if like last year, sometime in the summer, we started seeing these photos of him on Instagram as a as a beautiful woman, and we tried to ask questions about it, but he's always been a bit of a, a recluse. So anyway, I know my mom is very interested in hearing this conversation because, like I said, Val's just always been pretty terrible at keeping in touch or opening up about herself without a, a nudge or sometimes a, a very aggressive shove. Ultimately, I, I, I guess got to say this discussion made me just so damn grateful for my family. Mom, I love you. And, and I love that you are probably already looking into ways to support your daughter in her new journey. And, and I also need to give a big love shout out to Val's wife, Nalu, who was immediately on board and ready to help Dole out the makeup tips. You rock. The other side of that, though, juxtaposed against how grateful I am for, for my family is how much my heart just sinks when I think of the transgender people who have had to walk this road without support from their families. And my hope is that anyone who's listening to this and has less than friendly feelings towards transgender people, especially within your family, you'll just think a bit about all the difficulties that they have to endure and the persecution that the world heaps upon them and realize that you can do a lot to make their life better. All right, I've said enough. Let's get into the interview. I love you all and thank you for listening. So I'm I'm uh, on the phone, which is actually very hard to do because you're a bit of a hermit. I'm on the phone with my brother Carl. Our voices are different enough, right? I, I, I don't know. I could try to sound like you. Just to be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> this might be me talking to myself and going through a journey of exploration, uh, but you uh, you can take my word for it. And this is my brother. You live in is it Dayton, Ohio? Correct to say or uh, yeah, it's a suburb of Dayton, Beaver Creek. You and I have 
you know, when I talk to people about, like, uh, my boys are uh, eight and five. They're about two and a half years apart. And they're buddies. They do everything together. They're coming up together. You and I, I you know, and I talk about how different that is than you and I. We were eight years apart. And mm-hmm. um, so it's like at first you were like a novelty, like, oh, I have a little brother. And then by the time you were eight, I was like, whatever, man, I can drive. Yeah. But it was like enough of a gap that it's like... Uh... I think any farther than that, it's like you're you're in two different generations of people, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then I and the other thing that added to our divergence is like you know two people uh, is that when our mom and dad got divorced, you were about eight and I was sixteen or so because I and I decided to you know there wasn't really a custody battle and and but I decided I was like I'm staying in Youngstown because I didn't want to change schools and so you moved to Cleveland an hour away with mom and then we we didn't grow up anymore then you were going to school there you lived and then eventually mom our mom married another man uh, and so you had a stepdad growing up through high school and we you know. And we've only caught up, like, it feels like every couple of years we catch up, you know, one of the big Mm -hmm. plot points in our relationship is when, uh, when you found out you were pregnant and then we were just trying to find out, well, well, what's going to be, what's coming, what's happening with that? And I came out to like, just surprise you at your doorstep and be like, you have to talk about this. What are you doing? (laughs) I want to know. That that was fun, and I I will always appreciate that. <laughs> the day you showed up and woke me up with a ukulele, <laughs> I forgot I did that. I think I showed up and you weren't home yet, and so I had to kill time. And your place was in walking distance to a little music shop, and there was like a forty dollar ukulele. And so I was like, oh, I'll get uh-huh. this, and I can sit around and pass the time playing this. But so we, yeah, and so you've continued to, you know, we haven't lived in the same city. I've, I've, I've joked with Deb, like, that's kind of like a life goal I have. I'm like, one day I'm going to live in the same town as my brother so I can see my brother all the time. I, I would still love that. I, I, I'm not opposed to being like your best friend or anything. It's just, it's just I know. I don't, I don't take it personally. Yeah. I'm bringing all this up just to say, like, you've always been like hard to get a hold of for whatever reason. You're just reclusive. And, um, but we had we've had some great moments of the reason like I, I I say that like it would be great to be around you is because I I still really hold fondly like the times that we we collaborated on like a school project you had to do and made like a flash cartoon and um, then the work you've done in animation and I, I always thought about like oh wow it'd be really cool to like be around you and like work come up with projects for like what if we could you know make web web cartoons or things like that and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, I hear they still play that um, that cartoon at my high school. Really? Do you like, have a copy of that? I I might have to look around. I don't know if I still have a copy. It was about Robert Boyle, right? Uh, yeah, the sovereign of the footwear. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, there was a lot of uh, like a quasi um, strong bad voice acting that was. Stellar on your part. Oh yeah, I was shamelessly ripping off Strong Bad for that, but it was fun. And then yeah, you did the animations and or, or illustrations, and we put it in Flash, and yeah, that was fun. But I so, pretty much learned Flash from that project. So well, it's it's it fun awesome. for me to look back on you. It's fun when you see people just like picking picking up something they were going that was going to be meaningful to them down the line 
I remember our parents used to have an engraving store, and in the back room was the computer that you use for like the laser engraver um, and other things. And on it though it was just you know Windows three point one, and you were a little kid and you would pop up window or uh, Microsoft Paint. And you'd zoom all the way in and draw amazing things with just the pixels, like one pixel at a time, which is now a huge thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like I, I always started doing it just because I liked it. And now, like, apparently every other indie game that comes out is all pixel art. So it's a, it's a great opportunity. And it's like a resurging industry. It's neat. And you, and you did... Um, uh, so yeah, the the uh, the the goldfish video is something I still always show people, um, and I just go back and watch it because it's a cool video. How did that come about? With because um, you were like on like art forums and things like that, you would participate in. Yeah, I was trying to just um, find work or somebody to collaborate with because uh, I had been doing pixel art through uh, this like mostly pixel art uh, like pixelized. Uh, focused forum <clears throat> and like uh, there's people that have been working on things since like the advent of the industry uh there so it was like i got like great help with um critiques and and just seeing how other people worked on it stuff so uh i would i would cut like um troll the uh like the job forums that were there with like kind of stars in my eyes like oh that'd be cool to work with so many people and like uh, there was a, a guy that uh, it didn't have very much budget, um, but he had a lot of uh, ambition and like uh, some some past things that he'd done himself. And it's just like it looked like a lot of fun. So I was like, "Hey, I want to help out." And he told me to pay me a hundred dollars for something that took us like a month to make, but it led to me getting a whole bunch of work work afterward, <clears throat> including like um, getting to make the music video for my my favorite band. You know, just because it 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 all panned out really good. And then, um, so you, and you still, do you still do that or has that tapered off? I, I have not had anything, uh, happen in like last year or two. Mostly just cause, uh, I've just been working through my own stuff for a little while, but, uh, yeah, uh, just taking a little break from it. Yeah. So what the, the what prompted all this, you know, is that so like I said, you're always been sort of just like hard to keep a hold of or whatever. But then um, on Instagram, you started seeing photos of you show up as a very beautiful lady, and then Ta-da. my and then my mom, I think, you know, our our moms at some point um, we were talking at some point. And she's like, "Have you seen what Carl's been doing?" Like, and then. I, I don't know. Did you talk to her at some point before? Because I know we talked at when we came up for post Christmas. Let's get together and have our Christmas now because you couldn't come down. Mm-hmm. But that's when I remember first talking to you about like so. So what is going on? And we and we had a brief conversation. Um, but did you talk to mom before that? Well, there was like some brief kind of things. Like um, uh, I I remember I posted a picture of uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Good Place. We had found some uh, hair extensions, some clipping hair and etchings that were blonde, and I had um, dressed up like Bad Janet, and I had like a leather jacket and a full like leather pants and stuff, and I just took a picture of it for fun. And when Mom saw it, she was like, "Oh my God, you don't have hair extensions now, do you? Is that something that's permanent? It's just like 
she was very concerned to see <laughs> that I was posting it publicly. So that, that was part of my like apprehension at first because um, every time that I had posted anything regarding that kind of stuff, uh, she would kind of like privately send me messages about like, Are, uh, is, is this something that, that I need to be aware of? Or, you know, she would just be kind of um, overly concerned that this was something that was now part of her son's life. So I would try to downplay it. Now was when those photos were going up though, was that the first time that you had been um uh dressing up as a woman? Oh, not at all. I mean I, so when, I had done it um when did that start uh, for you and I would like to get into like what you talked about briefly when we, we did talk about this for uh our last time we got together uh, about the I asked you like so growing up, is this something you had always like well I'd always felt uh off and then I discovered this, and now I realize why. And you said, no, it was more that you didn't experience gender dysphoria, but gender euphoria. Yeah. I mean, well, I didn't really explore it that often. Or like, I, I don't know. I, when I was prior to being like an adult, I, I don't know if it's just uh, the ADD I grew up with, but I don't, I don't remember being so much of a conscious person <laughs> that I remember much about. But it, it's like it wasn't something that really. Uh, you mean like self-reflective? Yeah, self-reflective. Like I like I don't even remember being like that much of anything other than just kind of like a ball of adolescence, you know. Um, but like I think I at at some point I had tried on one of mom's bras, like any little kid would do if they ever came across some woman's underwear. Hmm. But it, it wasn't like something where I was like, oh, this is a, a turning point in my life. I'm just trying it on. Right, <clears throat> but um, I didn't have much exposure prior to being almost like thirty years old. So it's like I don't know how I would have been if I had really engulfed myself in this at a much younger age. But it's like um, I I didn't know that I enjoyed it until I I like had really um actually tried to like you know cross dress for I think it was like a costume thing or just going to a, a, like an event at a gay bar. RuPaul's Drag Race or something, but I mean, it's just after I had tried it on, I was like, it, it felt really, really cute, and just felt like it, it just made me feel kind of good, you know. And um, and then after that, I had kind of uh, explored it in private, like uh, like after my wife would go to bed, I was sitting there filling pantyhose up with with bags of bird seed and trying to make some makeshift boobs. <laughs> And just like kind of like um, it just feeling cute, that, like just like kind of exploring that, just in the mirror, and like um, I don't know, it, it had become more of a uh, a prevalent thing than I ever expected it to become. And you know, she's super supportive, so it's like once she found out, she's like, uh, uh, "Why wouldn't you like let me do your makeup and stuff?" I was so, going to bring uh, that up. You know, you you are in a very lucky position to have such uh, an awesome wife. Oh yeah, she's amazing. And it's just like uh I I don't know how people can uh, like do it when they're in a non-supportive environment because I was difficult enough in a supportive environment. Right. <laughs> but but you know it, uh, it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of like a stigma and and it's part of like just the society as a whole is just uh that it's like, oh, that's not normal, and it's like something that you feel that 
you know, secretive and ashamed of until mm-hmm. you like you find some people that are not irrational about it. Um, are you at a place where you feel that you'd prefer to have uh, be you know referred to by a different pronoun, or do you do you have a, a, a go by another name when you're out and about? Or I'm just curious where you are on that that part of the path. Mostly at this point, um, it's more of a. Um, I didn't know if I felt happy with the names that I had picked yet. It's like oh, I could pick my own name and. You know, you get to pick be as creative or goofy as you want, and it's like it's a lot of hype to live up to with your own expectations of an age. <laughs> you know, so uh, like I, I think we've kind of landed on uh, Val, which is short for Valoria. So you just um, you never which, considered just tacking which, on an A and being Carla. Uh, well, I mean, I have, but it's like I get to make up my own yeah. name if I want. And uh, well, I certainly wouldn't I've choose. I would not choose Brienne. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like I've never really been married or like happy about being named Carl. I've never been really thrilled about it as a name. It's just kind of a name. Um, but uh, when I met my wife on World of Warcraft over thirteen years ago, I was uh, playing this little human rogue named Valoria, which is like basically just a bastardized name of Valoria from that Pixie song. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so she would always call me Val uh, whenever we were doing stuff online. And so I was like, maybe I, maybe I could go by that name after uh, we started exploring, you know, gender uh, differences from being a guy. And it's like, that's kind of like the first name that, that we landed on that we were both kind of like, yeah, that's not so bad. Well, it's like it's the name she knew you as before she knew your name. So yeah, so it's, it's like, almost it, it didn't like feel it's so wrong. It's familiar already. You know, you're yeah. she's almost going back. So you were were your 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 uh, character was a female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I that's a, it's probably its own can of worms <laughs> and stuff. Uh, just that like I was playing a female time it's like i always kind of thought of it it's like oh when i play a video game i'd rather look at something pretty mm-hmm. than some dude because um I've, I've always been kind of uh more attracted to, to females well entirely attracted to females even after i've I, I think i've come to definitely want to be identified as a female like i've um i've uh, set up appointments to consider hormone replacement to start actually transitioning as a woman. But um, it's like I've always been attracted to females and I've started to enjoy myself as a female myself. Is there, was there anything that new that came up for you with my discussion with Sarah when I, when I, I heard that, you know, this is um, something that you were exploring and then now, you know, even if, as I hear that, that, you know, you, you've, there's further steps and you're, you this is definitely like something that's that you, you're actualizing um i was never like oh that's that's bad you know this is I, I i lived in new york for 10 years my best man at my wedding was a a comedian that primarily worked in a drag restaurant and so i would just hang out with him and the drag queens till like three in the morning but what hit me though uh was worrying about you like oh i hope this doesn't cause problems with our, you know, within our family because other people have, are, might not be as open-minded. I worried about your safety being in, you know, the, 
you're not in the most metropolitan area of Cleveland or, or of Ohio, and Ohio is a purple state, and it's these pillars of blue surrounded by fields of red. And she said, like, you got to realize, like, that's your problem. Like, you can't say to them, like, maybe you shouldn't do this because I'm worried about you. Like, they have to worry about themselves, but that's no reason to, like, you don't put that on them, like, uh, and add to their, you know, what you, whatever you're dealing with, just navigating, discovering your, your gender identity. And that's, I mean, that's probably ultimately why I was um, kind of, uh, reserved about it with the family is because I was the one that was worried about it because, you know, I was worried, like I knew that, um, mom had worried about me and she didn't want me to have to, uh, you know, live under persecution, especially in the Trump's America, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, like she was very concerned that I would be, uh, in put into danger from other people being very judgy or uh, aggressive towards people that were different like that. And I didn't want to put mom through that kind of stress because I knew that she didn't want me to be going through that kind of stress. And, uh, it's, it's funny. It's just that how it's like, we're all just worried about each other's feelings, but (laughs) it's, um, it's definitely part of it as far as, like for for both parties go the people going through it as well as the the family members of those going through it right well i think what the the, the thing that's you know sarah as a trans advocate and parent of two trans children realized you know when she looked at it is like oh yes the world is against my children and it, they are going into a a dangerous place because of who they are and who they need to be so i need to be there for them because of how high the suicide rates are and everything. And that's why I think you're so lucky is that, you know, because you were going into this journey with such a supportive wife, you know, I'm 100% on board with like, you know, how do I help? How do I be a good uh, brother? How do I be a good ally? And mom, and I know mom is too. And so like what mom is worried about is like, okay, but you, you don't have to worry about that because you are here for him, right? You love, or you, her, it's funny because like mom, a lot of mom's reservation was uh, she was like concerned that um, Joe might have been unsupportive of it, and then after Joe found out, he was like, "Hey, as long as you're happy, you know." So it's like uh, everybody was just kind of tiptoeing around everybody else's feelings, and it's just like uh, it was. It came down to just like you know Joe's most mostly was just like, "Hey, if." As long as you don't think that's going to interfere with your ability to get work later on in life. Yeah, he's very you know, practical. I, I, I'm happy with it. And, <laughs> like, and well, can like, you get a job? All right. It's like, well, I, I know he's like, uh, he's a little bit different uh, politically oriented. Than, he's also uh, from an older generation. He's from another generation. But, but yeah, and it's like not in a bad way or anything, but yeah. it's like just just knowing that um, it's like we were all kind of like, we didn't want to spring too much too fast on anybody, but it's just everybody was like, hey, whatever just uh make sure you're 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 good with it yeah now the other thing i wanted to ask is how has it been um introducing this to your daughter what we've always tried to do was just make it normal you know um not make it so that you was coming home and being like uh why is dad dressed as a woman today um we've been like very 
just, hey, if there's anything you ever want to talk about, we're here. If we want to discuss things with you, your dad is um, going through something where he's discovering that he wants to live as a woman for the rest of his, his life. And um, I know that's not uh, what is typical, but it's it's what we have in our family, and it's not it's not weird. And she's just like, whatever. <laughs> you know, she's like incredibly accepting. And uh, the only time I've like uh, ever um, thought that she might be unsupportive of it or like kind of like weird about it was when I was like uh, considering how the her Girl Scout troop was reacting to me showing up, dropping her off at the Girl Scouts as a woman i was going to ask about how is like peripheral to you in your life the acceptance level Yeah, it's like i i I try not to put myself like uh in the spotlight it's like you know like you know uh trouncing her into school like as a woman with like full dress and and gown and stuff on or anything like that just because i don't want to call attention to it but um it's like all the kids that i've been concerned about uh, being judgy about it are, are all cool. Cause like I, I showed up to um, girl scouts and, uh, she had to do a, an art presentation for a badge and everybody was just completely normal about it. And even like some of them, they were like, Hey, I really like your necklace. <laughs> and like, they, they were just being very, very nice about it. And it's, it's a lot of it. It's just, um, like me perceiving that it's going to be a lot worse. And, and a lot of that is because I'm trying to take in consideration like uh, things that I didn't know that women had to worry about in in the world until oh, I started as. to try to be like one. And then like my wife being like, you have to worry about a lot of different things than you've ever thought about in your entire time as a white privileged male. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, I carry around a, a can of pink mace all the time. I want you to, to talk about what you're discovering with that, but it's interesting right off the bat to me, I never thought of that, that you go through that discovery process as a man, because I'm aware of there are uh, blocks of, of women and, quote, feminists who are very opposed to, you know, recognizing trans issues, and if not outright hostile, they're called, I forget what it stands for, TERFs. But there, there's, like, people of, of, like, those kinds of... Uh... Uh, walks life on any side of the spectrum of it because I guess there's there's trans women who don't believe that any trans uh, can exist without uh, like if you were a man turning uh, transitioning into being a woman you can't possibly be trans if you uh, don't hate your penis or or like reject your male body it's like they don't believe that that uh, you can be trans without having those terrible hate, like hang up. Hmm. I think the term is called that they call those as uh, true scum. What? Yeah, that uh, I'm not sure, but I mean, like my wife's the one that she she does so much reading all day because she worries about me all the time. <laughs> she learns about all these factions of, of different people, like even people that should be on my side as trans people. It's like, I guess there are people that don't believe that, oh, you're not trans. It's kind of like they're the hipsters of, of the scene uh, in yeah. terms of they don't think you can exist without having uh, your own hatred for yourself. Right. So, well, that's why I say there's these great. And then there are, there's people who are gender, uh, they're, they're nonconforming, like they don't want to pick. 
Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I still don't even know if that's me too. It's like, I, I am pretty much, um, for the last month or so, maybe even, probably even more than that. I've been trying to live as a woman in, in life and, uh, making that a normal part of every day. But I getting still back to don't that, what have you myself... been learning about being a woman every day that you didn't, like you were saying? Well, like, aside so we from went off knowing that, that I need to get faster about my makeup, it's, it's, a lot <laughs> of it is just like, uh, I'm still learning the rules of like, oh, well, you can't wear tights with a, with a dress <laughs> unless you're wearing X amount of uh, like shorts underneath or something. <laughs> I'm still learning the fashion rules for my life. It's like, you can't go out in that look ridiculous oh i do such a bad job as a no, man no, she, she, she's not that bad but i'm still learning the ropes of of uh the the girl rules of what a girl is acceptable acceptable to walk out i as she's yelling from the other room you can't walk around with your asshole hanging out so as you're looking at um you know moving further down like as you said uh you're looking at hormone therapy next i definitely know that i i uh, 100% want to um, present as a female in society. Um, I, I, I just mostly there's there's a lot of uh, literature as well as um, just classifications that people like will pigeonhole you into uh, about whether or not you're non-conforming or a trans woman or something based on like just whether you're dysmorphic about your body. So it's uh, like I, I consider myself non-conforming or non-binary, just in the sense that I don't I don't hate my male part, you know, but I I do like uh, the idea of being seen as female, and it makes me happy to go run errands just in a dress, and, and like I don't know I I, I try to um, be as passing as possible because that's how I want to be seen as. So, um, I do put efforts toward that, but, um, yeah, I I am pursuing hormones because I, I definitely, I want to, um, have come into a more feminine shape. I, Mm. I, I felt happy in every sense of that. Like I used to, uh, find couch cushions in the trash and I would uh, go home and bring in an exacto knife and carve them into uh, like fake, fake hip pads and stuff and wear those under my clothes and just like, yeah, look at my hips. This is the <laughs> old butt. <laughs> and it, it was just a lot of fun. And, and I've always enjoyed my, my shape uh, as a, uh, a more feminine shape every time I've, I've seen myself in that. <laughs> now, are you anticipating any, legal hurdles for you know if you're changing your name and like then updating your id and i don't know what like uh ohio is like sarah i spoke to she you know she was lucky that she's in california specifically in berkeley so it's like she's surrounded immediately by kind of a more supporting community and then also the state is more open to the whatever legal avenues you have to go to to change your gender is that something you've looked into I haven't looked into like exactly what kind of hoops uh, the uh, the place that I'm I'm I, I got my like my blood tests and labs all done and I'm I'm probably going to be going in there to start hormones 
uh, within the next couple of weeks. But um, th- when I went in for that appointment, they gave me so much literature about things that I hadn't even thought of, like uh, name changing, vocal therapy, because, you know, I could talk like this all the time if I wanted to, but you have to really do a lot of practice. Uh, and um, there's just like a lot of things that you do have to kind of consider. I was like really like excited to hear that this uh, place had a lot of resources that they were just throwing at me, like uh, like you know uh, getting your your sperm frozen and stuff when you're going through this kind of thing. The sort of stuff you don't think about that you have to go through. It's like it's not, none of it was stuff that I was like, oh, that totally changes the game. I don't want to do this anymore. It was all just more of like I was really happy. Like I I'm fortunate that um, society has paved the way for me to not have to struggle through all this because of all the the trans people that had um, suffered through all of the uh, the changes that society has gone through growing things with like um that's something i'm not i'm not familiar with the specifics of you know trans activism and the the costs that have been paid by um me neither before (laughs) but i just know that it's so much easier now for us uh than it was a decade ago do you feel at all stirred to be more um involved in activism like 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 with you know like some you know, in in some cases, you know, people are stirred to activism with with these sort of things just out of like, well, there's something I want to do, and I'm blocked from it by the government, and I need to change it so that I can live, or that my kid can live. Um, it awakens that beast in some people. Do you feel that, or are you in, in, in finding yourself more engaged in that as a political issue than you might have been before, or with other issues? Well, I certainly much more than before because I've I've always been a kind of person that like I'm not like entirely politically charged. I've I've never been uh, the type of person to like go out and uh, want to campaign on behalf of people that were not like you know of different walks of life and stuff like that. I've always felt strongly of for my own convictions as well as like been okay with other people's things. But I, I mean, I, I have noticed that there's there's a lot of stuff that uh, trans people have to go through, and you know, I've gone through it myself a little bit, like you know, being aggressively called he by people in a retail setting. It's like, oh, uh, the hello, sir, when they're like trying to like almost uh, attack me with their knowledge that like, hey, buddy, I know you're a guy. I'm gonna make it really make you very aware of how much I know you're a guy. It's like, we get it. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, there's, there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I didn't think that was something that, um, I would be something that I would have to be put off by or as well as, uh, actually even consider. But it's like, yeah, there's, there's little, it's not just people online that are mean, it's people in, in real life sometimes as well. And I, I even myself have found myself, um, accidentally calling, um, people that, that were trying to express as a, as a woman, as, as a man. And I, I'd refer to them as like, Oh, he all the time accidentally. And it's, it's, it's something that's like, wow, I, I, I catch myself doing it and I feel bad, but it's like only because I feel bad because I know that I've been through it. I could really sense, um, Sarah and my conversation with her, nudging to correct me when I, I when we got to a part where I, I talked about you 
and what I knew of your situation at the, up to that point. Um, and then when she was kind of responding to it, she say she started saying, "Your sibling, you should talk to them," and you know, nudging me towards something ambiguous until I knew how you wanted yeah, a lot to be of identified. It just trying to make yourself aware of the pronoun usage that you've grown your whole life being accustomed to. I was going to say, I like what she said about how saying to a parent who feels like, oh, um, all of a sudden my son is, is my daughter. It's like, well, no, they always were. It just took some time for them to realize it. Yeah. And that didn't uh, isn't all that you wanted, like, you know, when you were having a kid. is like for a healthy kid. You wouldn't care what the sex is, so why does it matter if it changes? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. It, and it, like, I'm still learning things to think about myself. And just hearing her describe it like that, it's like, yeah, that's that's a great point. It's like when when people are having a kid, unless they're like, you know, Game of Thrones uh, version of like, oh, I need a son or else <laughs> to carry on the Douglas me. line. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, you just want a fucking kid that's that's alive and to, to grow up healthy. And uh, when you're thinking about your hypothetical embryo, you don't care if it's a boy or a girl. And then, like, once you see it come out as whatever it is, uh, you don't have to, like, necessarily uh, project that it's like, oh, you are going to be the best man in the world. You're just like, I just want to bring you up to be a fucking human being. Yeah. And I and I hope you you picked up on the yeah is I don't know if you know if anyone ever gives you that nonsense. Um, I brought up the argument that I had with my boss about like trying to tell me that like if gay people have kids, they're going to raise their kids to be gay. And I'm sure the same thing is going to get leveled at tra- it does probably get leveled at trans people. Like oh, you're going to raise your kids to change their. It's like. Yeah. So you can't and raise sure people to be a gender. That come out of gay parents and stuff. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I'm never like, oh, hey, Eula, to my daughter, and be like, uh, well, if you're okay with growing up as a woman, that's fine. But, you know, some people are, are fine with changing their gender. It's not anything that we're, like, imposing on her or anything. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it's anything I'm just like, hey, I just want you to be happy and to know that sometimes people are mean. It's just, you can always talk to us about if you ever have any problems. But it's like, I, I've never tried to uh, pressure her into feeling a certain way about her own self. She's always been kind of a tomboy. If anything, she's made me feel a little, a little more confident in myself as somebody who's felt a little different than what they were born as. Yeah. You know? And we've she's always normalized for the boy. We've tried to never... Um push on them anything you know like dom's favorite color is pink his favorite winter hat is this big fuzzy you know bright pink hat i'm like that's fine whatever um yeah it's a very bold hue yeah it's and people talk and like you know if you're a, a woman like we're we're not gonna you know they're just gonna be like hey uncle uh uncle carl is aunt uh valoria now he felt better as a woman and so he's going to be, or she's a woman now. And and we're, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to call her he and uncle every now and then because we're, we're yeah. used to. You know, I have 40 years. I'm sorry. You're going to have to get to, used to my, it. <laughs> my wife has to apologize to me on, on a weekly basis. Like, hey, if I ever call you as uh, he or 
as Carl, I'm sorry. I'm like, you have, you don't have to call me anything. I'm just happy to the, to be around somebody so accepting. It's, this is what you grew up with. I'm going to accidentally call uh, rigatoni macaroni sometimes. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just, um, it, it's mostly it's like, it's just, it's easy to slip up, but it, yeah, I don't uh, consider it a, a hateful thing if you slip up really. It's just the act of accepting it and not trying to be aggressively like, eh, oh, Mr. Carl Douglas. I don't, I don't know. I don't know any way to describe it. But yeah, it's just, it's weird. The reason I wanted to have you on the show, but I felt like, well, whatever audience I have, and especially knowing that our mom listens to the show, I specifically taught her how to use her phone uh, this weekend. But I I just felt like it's, because that's what changes so many people is just when they have the personal connection to an issue and they start thinking about it deeper. And it's like with me, I was already, I wasn't hostile towards um, trans people. Uh, people but I also I didn't have uh, a, a deep connection to it other than like you know occasionally in my social circles I, I would hang out with people who are trans um, and so I feel like having the conversation and just showing that like what we're going through and talk and saying and so for you to say things that our mom can hear I feel like that's really helpful just for us and our family um, and knowing from so many yeah. people I know who have gone from like one of the the big guests I had on the show was this journalist Robert Evans a few uh, weeks ago and he was born into an extremely conservative family like you know where they're you know the kind of not like they were religious but really their religion is America and guns and and uh, then he went to college and he met people who were gay people who were Mexican people who were black and atheist and that's what changed him mm-hmm. is just getting to know people like that and, 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 and seeing their humanity and hearing their stories. Yeah. It's so important to, um, just normalize it. Um, uh, just have conversations with people that aren't, that don't, uh, have conversations with people that are trans every once in a while, you know, uh, just being, um, a, a decent person around people that might not, uh, consider themselves an ally to this kind of thing. Um, because I've, I've, I've just felt that like people are, are so much more accepting and myself included, like when they're just exposed to it and they see that like, Oh, my neighbor is a nice person. Uh, even though I feel that they're like, Oh, I don't know. Sometimes when I, pe- when there's people that don't know me, I just assume that they think I'm just like, like a weird faggot you know uh but it's like it's just like once you get to know somebody it it you can accept them as a person which helps you accept people similar to them as a person and that's like so important in today's world uh thank you so much for for doing this yeah uh, like and you're helping me explore it myself um I'm sure we'll be talking about it for years to come about like different yeah. revelations that they have and um, it's all sorts of stuff. So there's no shortage of that. And I, I just look forward to it. And thank you so much for, uh, you know, approaching me to talk about this stuff because I, I really shy with, I don't know how I became that 
that way or anything, you know. It we we came out of the same mom, but we're like almost polar opposites in some ways. But it, it's really helpful when you've done stuff like this in the past. So uh, I, I really appreciate you helping me explore it. Uh, well, thank you, sis. I love you. Mm. Love you too, Bri. Thank you so much for listening. In the description of this episode will be links to some of Valoria's incredible pixel art, as well as the epic music video she worked on for the band Goldfish. If you enjoyed the show, like any struggling podcast, I can always use a little iTunes love with a five-star rating or, you know, swing on by the Facebook page, throw a like my way, maybe a comment, say hey. And uh, if you really, really like the show, you can kick a couple of bucks my way at patreon.com slash bzdug. That's B-Z-D-U-G. And okay, that's it. End of podcast. Enjoy whatever it is you're about to do next. Bye.